saving us. Well, in this, in this season of Lent, we're starting a new sermon series called The Rescue, and um, I'm going to show a clip in a little bit and talk about it for a minute, but it's a, The Rescue is a movie that's on Disney+, Plus, and you can watch it. Um, I'm going to do the scripture first, because that's what I do. I've got to remember that. Um, the scripture for today comes from Romans 10, chapter, uh, chapter 10, verses 9 through 13. Because if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and in your heart you have faith that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Trusting with your heart leads to righteousness, and confessing with the mouth leads to salvation. The scripture says all who have faith in him won't be put to shame. There is no distinction between Jew and Greek because the same Lord is Lord of all, who gives richly to all who call on him. All who call on the Lord's name will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So, as I was saying, The Rescue is a movie that's on Disney+. Plus. It's about a, a, the Thai cave disaster from 2018 that some of you may remember. It's been, you know, a few pandemics ago, um, so it's hard, hard to think far, that far back to 2018. Um, but it was about these, this soccer team, and they, were, um, they were, had just won a game, and they're getting ready for a big tournament, and they were playing around in a cave, and the monsoon came early, and they were with their coach, and they got stuck in the cave. Um, in this big cave system. And so it's, um, it's about how, how they rescued the kids out of it. And it's really, really dramatic. Um, it's really interesting of what they do. It's the same directors who did Free Solo. Um, and so it's, it's really well done. Um, it's also like Thailand is a Buddhist country, and so there's some Buddhist um, monks there, and they do some Buddhist prayers. And like, this is not an apologetic movie. This is not a movie that the point is to show people Jesus. But I, I was really captivated by it, just the language of rescue. Because rescue, the same word um, for save in Greek is the word for rescue. It's like when you save a kitten from a, a roof. It's like it's save, you rescue them. Um, when we talk about salvation, though, in the Christian church, oftentimes we use this kind of very Christianese language that's um, calcified away from common discourse. Now, I was so excited to show this clip. And so last night um, during the sock hop, I was messing around with chords in the back and I got a new chord to make the color scheme a little better. Um, but in the process, of course, with the best laid plans, I, I messed up the audio. I got rid of the audio chord on accident. So uh, we're going to show the trailer for the movie. Um, but the audio is going to be mic'd back there, and it is entirely my fault. Um, so if you can't hear it that well, it's like the images are, are good, and we'll, we'll fix it by next week um, to go for it. But this is, this is the trailer for The Rescue. Breaking news right now out of Thailand. Rescue teams are working through the night to save 12 boys and their coach trapped inside a cave. The monsoon had come early. The conditions in the cave were impossible. There was a very strong feeling that the children couldn't be still alive. We need expert cave divers out here. The Thai Navy SEALs put everything they had into it but only this group of people who do it as a weekend hobby has those skills. I was thinking this, this has actually got our name all over it. You couldn't see your hand 
in front of your face, trying to wriggle through holes that I couldn't wriggle through, finding a bigger space, sliding through, and then repeating again and again. to each other's faces thinking we may be the only ones that ever see them. Finding the boys was the easy part. They didn't have a clue how to get those kids out. We didn't think it was possible to dive the children out. We came up with the actual logistical plan. I told him that's a horrible idea. And Rick said, what if it's the only idea? We were brutally honest. We promised multiple fatalities it's about controlling your emotions and your fear panic is death in the cave my mind was on overdose my god am i going to be good enough if they die it's going to tear me apart if you don't die everyone will die i told the guys this is a one-way trip once you start you cannot stop Have for many years, like since Jesus came, they've spoken about salvation and what it needs to be do to be saved. Different churches you attend will have different language about salvation, different understandings about salvation. But we don't usually use the language of rescue in churches. But in that freshness of language in the story of the, the Thai cave disaster, I, my, my hope is to have, add a freshness to our understanding of what Jesus is doing at a, a new angle to see how it's not just this calcified thing that maybe you made a decision a long time ago and you're good, or you went on a, a walk to Emmaus and you're good. Um, but that God's offering for us is not a one-time thing, but an all-time thing. God's love for us is not just a future thing, but a now thing. What I hope to show through this series over the next few weeks is the who, wow, who, why, when, what, how of salvation, because God's love for us is continuously Offered, But we have to begin with the what to make sure we know what we're talking about. What is salvation? John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, in a, in a sermon titled The Scripture Way of Salvation, gives this, this little definition. The salvation here, the salvation which is spoken here is not what is frequently understood by that word. The going to heaven, eternal happiness, it is not the soul's going to paradise, termed by our Lord's Abraham's bosom. It is not a blessing which lies on the other side of death or as we usually speak in the other world. The very words of the text itself put this beyond all question. You are saved. And he's preaching on Ephesians 2.8. It is not something at a distance. It is a present thing. A blessing which through the free mercy of God you are now in possession of. No, nay, the words may be rendered in that with equal propriety. You have been saved so that the salvation which is here spoken might be extended to the entire work of God, from the first dawning of grace in the soul till it is consummated in glory. The whole work of God. There's not one moment that you can point to. 
that is not just a future thing, it is a now thing. So, so what should we do? Which is often the kind of thing. Like even if you're, if you're trapped in a cave, if you're trapped on the side of the road, if you're trapped wherever you are, there's this, well, what do I do now? What should I do? In, in Ro- Romans 10 that I read earlier, Paul is very clear about what we need to do to be saved. Preaching on this text in another, another passage, Wesley writes, faith, uh, faith is the condition of salvation, but grace is the source. Grace is the source of salvation. Faith is not an act in itself. Faith is not a work that you can do because you cannot earn your salvation. There isn't a work in faith. There's not a thought. There's not this energy expense in that degree of faith because the source is entirely God's grace offered to us. Faith is the assurance of God's love in the direction of our life towards God. Faith is the way we posture our lives towards the world and towards God. So if faith is the condition of salvation and grace is the source, why do different denominations talk about salvation in a different way? There are a number of churches in this country. I don't know if you've noticed. Oftentimes we pass a lot of churches wherever you're going, no matter where you are. There are a lot of different churches, a lot of churches with names that you have to have like a degree in religious studies to understand the story of. What is like first church of God to the left of the church of not God. Um, you know, it's like it can get complicated pretty quickly. Um, there's, there's many churches that, that talk about salvation specifically in a, in a more concrete way. That, that some will talk about and salvation is the, you have to pray this, what's called the sinner's prayer which you may have encountered different, different cultures like this and churches like this. And the sinner's prayer um, is, is fine prayer. It's not actually in the Bible, but it's this idea that if you don't do it, then you're not really saved. And whether or not you grew up in the church or all these kinds of things and everything else is extraneous to this one action. Another, another way of talking about salvation that I've encountered is called the Romans Road, which goes through the different, different verses in the book of Romans to talk about um, our need for salvation. This is often when I was in, in college. This was kind of like we were taught as under, or some people were shown as undergrads, like this is the way to talk about our faith. This is the way to have apologetics is you have the Romans Road and you have this nice picture of a, a big cliff and the only thing that, cross, that can cross the cliff is the actual cross of Jesus. And they put the cross as a bridge across the cliff, um, which is an illustration that, that we, you know, we are all sinners. We cannot save ourselves. Um, these different ways. But this has, been, this has been going on for a long time. People talking about what is, what is the point? What is salvation? What do you need to do? Around the 17th century, they started, uh, some scholars in Europe started talking about the ordo salutis, or the order of salvation, and trying to really, really hone in on what is the structure that a person needs to, be, needs to do to be saved. Uh, John Wesley, in, in the sermon that I, I quoted from earlier, says the scripture way of salvation. So instead of an ordo, he says a, a via, a way, the, the way of salvation, the path of salvation, that it isn't that life with God is not this brick by brick method that if you miss one step, you have to go to begin to back to the beginning. It's not salvation is not like putting together IKEA furniture that you don't know where the step is and you missed a screw and then you have to come back to the end. Um, but 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 all, all of all of these opportunities and sometimes when we, we talk so much about the structure of what what God does for us and we focus on the structure, we miss out on what God actually is doing 
for us. I've been stuck on the side of the road before. I've never been stuck in a cave. I've been in a cave, um, but not, not like what happens to these boys. The reason why I was struck by this movie and this story is because it illustrates this concrete need of these boys and this coach to be saved. And the need is greater, when you actually watch it, the need is greater than just being stuck there. Um, because again, they're stuck like almost a mile inside this cave through water, through ice cold water. So it's not just the, the issue of, oh, yay, there's, there's other humans. It's like getting out of the cave. And um, I'll go into this, this further, but one of the things is they have these, like, the, the Navy SEALs from Thailand who are really well-trained, um, but they've, they can do lots of scuba diving, but they've never done cave diving, which is this completely different thing that's going on. And so they don't, these experts don't have the skills to get in. And you can't teach a 13-year-old how to scuba dive in a cave in, like, an hour, and let, let alone how to cave dive in an hour. Like, these, these boys are in need of help. There is a need. They need rescue. They need rescue. The scriptures reveal to us about who we are and who God is and that we are in need. There is brokenness in this world. There is hurt in this world. And the brokenness in this world is not between the church or the churches or the Christians who have it all figured out and everyone else. The brokenness cuts right down to the human heart. The brokenness starts right here. We have to admit a need for something in order to ever be rescued. You have to admit that you're lost before you're willing to take advice about where you're going. That's, that's the first step. If you never admit you're lost, you're never going to take, get any help to be found again. So how do we admit we are lost? How do we admit those times when we are broken? Is it by our own effort and strength? Is it by just pure guts and, and willpower, willpower and resilience? As, as Paul would, said, would say in like coarse language in Greek, by no means, meganoita, which is usually, it's, a, it's kind of a swear word in Greek, but it's, it's softened for by no means. Yeah, Paul, Paul has a little potty mouth sometimes. Um, we, we translate it easier, but... By no means. We cannot will ourselves. We cannot will ourselves to understand the depths of our need. And this is something that's so important. It is by grace that we see our need. God's grace has been with us the entire time. God's grace is with us from before we are aware of God. And this is what, what Wesley was trying to point to, is that salvation is not just this moment, the mountaintop experience. It is the entire work of God's grace in your life. It is the entire work of God's grace in your life. God's grace is the one who convicts us and shows us our need. And we still feel free to deny it. We still feel free to say, no, we're okay. We can save ourselves or we don't need saving. No, I'm not really in that serious. My condition is not that serious. I don't need that much help, God. Worry about other people. You don't need to worry about me. I've got it covered. It's like the meme of the dog in the burning building saying, it's fine, it's fine over and over again. That's, that's often our response to God. Bible scholars and, and theologians talk about the language of justification as this like central moment in, in salvation. If you ever, you know, done, done theolo theological work or read different reformers, the justification is this big word. And, and justification 
is about is the same as I mentioned last week. Justice and righteousness are the same word in Greek, and so it's being made right and upright. And so, if you're building a house and you put the board in at a slant, um, it's not really going to sustain anything. Like if you or you have a curve, a really you know get the cheapest lumber possible, and it's bent like 15 ways, it may not hold up what you're trying to build. You're not going to sustain yourself. God in justification makes us upright makes us stand upright, that we can withstand uh, the struggles of this world. In the Wesleyan tradition, we also talk about provenient grace. That is the grace which comes before. I already mentioned that. The grace that comes before we are aware that God has been here, that God has already been present with you from before you ever heard the word God. God is present with your children before they are baptized. God is already with us. The amazing blessing of that. We are aware that the grace that reminds us that we are loved, that convicts us of our sin and our need for repentance and conversion. Justifying grace is the grace that makes us right with God and offers us up the possibilities to actually grow in faith and righteousness. This is where a a lot of Traditions that talk about the sinner's prayer stop. They say that you're justified by the blood of Jesus Christ, which gets into what's called atonement, which is another thing. I could go into another time. Why did Jesus have to die? It's really important. Um, but the issue is that with, with God, that it doesn't stop there. Just like, you know, in the rescue, the, the boys weren't saved whenever they were found. <laughs> they had to actually get out of the cave. They had to, they had to actually get out of there. The once, once you're... Um, once you realize that you are in need of help, even if you're made upright and you're given your own strength, you still have more to go, more places to go. God doesn't start up there. God doesn't make our souls right and then leave us to kind of do whatever we want. Like we can leave God at that moment. We can decide like, oh, thanks God. I feel a lot better about my life. I feel a lot more myself. So I don't need any more. I'm good. We can have a mountaintop experience and then think that that's just helped us to be better workers um, or better people in our community instead of actually holy people growing in grace, growing in love. Just like if you're an addict and you uh, get sober for a day, the journey is not over. (laughs) The journey is not over. One day of sobriety. It is a continuous thing. When God saves us and makes us right, our journey is not over that day, but our journey begins in a new way. But we have to take those steps, and those first steps can sometimes be the hardest. It's like the the boys in Thailand, the first step is really admitting our need for rescue. The second step is getting to the point where we can be rescued. This is what we're going to get into over the next few weeks, when they actually find the boys and find where they are. And then after that, it's the process of being rescued, the transformation that goes on. The transformation into free and loving people that's not just for the future, but can begin right now. If we choose to accept God's grace, to begin that right now. And what, no matter what our experience is, no matter where we are in our faith, no matter how long we've been a part of a church, we can begin again this day to take a step towards love to take a step with the rescuing of God of us. What is salvation? Salvation is God's merciful reaching down to pick us up from our muck, to stand us upright, to be ambassadors of God for this world and for all eternity. It is not based on what you do. It's not based on where you are from, 
on how old you are, on what your resume is. It is based solely on the grace of God, revealed fully in Jesus Christ. It is offered to the child as much as to the grown-up. It is offered to each of us. In this season of Lent, may you discern and you pray about where you are and what you need. What are the needs that you are in? And may you seek to receive grace to admit those times when you are still in need of rescue. You may not be in a cave in Thailand, but you are still in need of God's grace and mercy. As well, you don't have to figure it out by yourself. You don't have to do it all by yourself. You are not alone. You are loved, you are a child of God, and God has a great purpose for you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you know that we have no power in ourselves to help ourselves. Keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls, that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen.